Hello and welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, naturopathic nutritional therapist and hormone enthusiast. If you want to learn how to rebalance your female hormones, regulate your menstrual cycle and reclaim your vitality, then you are in the right place. Each week I will be delving into different conditions such as PCOS, endometriosis, infertility, hypothyroidism, acne and hair loss. Stay tuned for interviews with expert guests, Q&As and solo episodes that are all intended to help you move from hormonal chaos to hormonal harmony. If you'd like to submit a question for me to answer on the podcast, then you can email them to hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. It's been so long since I recorded a solo episode. It feels really weird doing this because the past few months, whenever I do a solo episode, which is like once a month, I've just been reposting my IGTV Q&As. So hopefully I'm not rusty in today's episode. And honestly, I just wanted to like not create as much content. I think there's a lot of noise um, these days. So I might as well repurpose the, the Q&As that I did. But now we can get back to the more in-depth solo episodes that I used to do. If you want to give me some suggestions on subjects that you'd like me to cover, that would be great. But today I'm covering the 10 biggest mistakes that I personally made on my health journey and the same things that I commonly see with clients as well. So hopefully you find this useful. And since the beginning of the year, so 2021, I haven't been feeling as inspired as usual, which makes sense based on the UK being in, well, currently still in some sort of restriction and lockdown. And I think it's just catching up on me because I have been working, which I'm really grateful for throughout this whole year plus, um, which is amazing. And I totally appreciate that. Um, And I'm very lucky to still have my job and just been busier than ever. But I haven't been as inspired to share on social media, um, which I accept. And I just understand that it's like a a phase, a season, and I'm just going to write it out rather than trying to push something and just create content that isn't um, something that I'm enjoying doing. So if I have been a little bit more quiet um, on social media, that is why, but I'm actually feeling a little bit better recently. And I thought I'd kick it off with this podcast episode. And I have also been reflecting on my life and business since the beginning of the year as well during this time. And I've been so focused on work for the past four years since qualifying as a nutritionist and before that just focusing on myself, my health, which is a little bit selfish, but I mean, I had to do what I had to do because I wasn't really getting any support from other conventional practitioners or anything like that. So I, I am glad that I did what I did and kind of shut myself away and healed myself. But there were a few things that I wish I didn't do, which I'm going to share today as well. But I've been so focused on work working weekends, late nights, early mornings. Now, and with the world starting to open up again in the UK, I understand that other countries are a little bit behind, but I just feel with the the brighter weather that we've been having in the UK and things opening up again, the gym, being able to exercise again, it's really great for my mental health. I'm at the point now where I I want to, and I can take a little bit of a step back with my business and kind of just been coasting, which as a business owner you're told like as a woman like keep hustling like work yourself to the ground but I'm really into like the feminine way 
feminine energy way. Um, I had my um, business coach and um, amazing inspiration, Monica Yates on episode 111. And she talked all about feminine business. So I've been working on that a little bit more, which is a constant struggle because we're just ingrained to believe that we have to work hard. Otherwise, we're not going to get the results. But I've actually found the opposite. When I relax and step back a little bit, I get more, um, more clients that get better results because you can't pull from an empty cup. So just trying to remind myself of that. So I've just been enjoying life a little bit more. I will share a little bit more in the episode, but relationships and just enjoy myself going to the park. And um, I think again, the, the summer weather has helped because that's the last thing that I really want to do when it's absolutely freezing and raining outside. But today in the UK is bank holiday Monday. So hope everyone is having a good time, maybe a day off work. And it just makes us appreciate things more. Um, I think when the, the weather's great as well, um, the fact that we can go to the cinema, we can go to the gym. I have loved being back in the gym and throughout the whole of lockdown, pretty much, I really wasn't exercising, but I still managed to lose 14 kilograms, which is 28 pounds. And I've had some people when I post about this online saying, you're lying, you must be like restricting your calories, you must be exercising more. And honestly, I wasn't, if anything, I was eating a little bit worse than I've ever done. And I'm also exercising way less than I've ever done as well. So pretty much majority of the time just walking every day. Um, and now I'm going back to the gym and the first, time I went back I was so sore which is normal because I wasn't really doing any strength training I tried to do the odd Pilates session yoga session strength session on my own in my apartment but I just get so bored and unmotivated so that really didn't work out but now we're back at the gym I am going maybe like five times a week and mainly focusing on strength training because that's what I love I love lifting heavy and I'm noticing major changes to my body as well but the majority of the weight loss happened even without the exercise because the gym's only opened um, a couple of months ago in the UK. Um, but yeah, I've been loving it. I've been working around my menstrual cycle as well. Not, not really strictly, but just taking inspiration from my hormone, hormonal fluctuations. So around my period, just been doing mainly walks or mild strength training if I'm feeling up for it or just a little Pilates stretch session. And then follicular follicular and ovulation phase so after my period as my hormones are increasing I can push it a little bit harder I need to be careful with pushing myself too hard or getting too high of a heart rate and too sweaty um, so limiting the cardio because of my mast cell activation um, I'll give a bit more of a health update in a sec but yeah if I push it too hard then my skin will break out and I'd get palpitations and get lightheaded um, so my body is telling me that that's not great at the moment not for, not forever hopefully um, but yeah, strength training, amazing, love it, back at the gym, being around people just makes the world of difference. And even as me being the introvert that I am, even towards the past few months, I've been like, I need social interaction. This is just so boring. And I can, um, I'm, I'm living alone. So anyone else who's listening, it's been rough. If there's people away from their family, I'm pretty lucky because my family live like five minutes um, away. So I've still been able to see them. But friends, like not being able to meet up, a lot of my friends live a bit of a distance away from me. But hopefully we're coming out the other side. Health update wise, I shared a few posts on Instagram with my skin in particular a few weeks back now. And I saved them on my healing highlight on Instagram. So definitely look through those because I was doing an updated skin routine with my friend Cheryl Woodman, who's been on the podcast before. 
I just wanted to switch up my skincare and just get some results because my brother's wedding in July and I just want to, I'm a bridesmaid, so I want to have the best skin, clearest skin possible. And I was just dealing with some congestion and redness on my forehead. And she asked me to do a little bit of a um, updated picture of my skin because I worked with her about a year ago, I think nine months ago now. So the beginning of the, uh, at the end of last year, sorry. And being able to see the difference is crazy. Because when I started working with her, it was when I moved and my skin wasn't the worst that it'd been because I was doing a ton of stuff at that point and had been for a while. My skin has been way worse um, over the past few years, but it was still breaking out. And as a nutritionist, that was really frustrating because I knew what to do, but for some reason, something was blocking it. Turns out it was mold and all of that. I've got tons of episodes on that if you haven't been fully aware of my health journey. Mold illness was a big factor um, and... I think within three months, well, within a few days, there was less inflammation. My brain was functioning again and I could tell I was starting to detox just naturally. But I'd say since the beginning of the year, so January, my skin has been consistently clear. Um, I was struggling with rosacea flare up in in winter as well because of the cold weather. Um, And I wasn't using like a a strong enough moisturizer at that point. So I kind of kept it the same. So I learned a few things as well but I honestly feel the best I have done in about 10 years so I'm 26 now so probably age 16 that's age 17 is when things started to go downhill when I went through my whole over exercising under eating phase and with my weight that has changed as well and you can even see my face on some of the pictures how inflamed and puffy and swollen I was and because I'm quite tall as well I carry the weight pretty well so when I tell people that I've lost 14 kilograms, they're like, that's crazy because I still, I'm not skinny or anything like that. I'm, I, I feel like I'm at my healthy weight now. Um, and in total, I was thinking about this the other day, my weight has fluctuated 30 kilograms, which is 60 pounds over the past few years. So I got down to my lowest weight. If someone's triggered by the way, with like numbers and weight and all of that, then probably skip forward a few minutes. But when I was really... Um, underweight for my height because of my gut and malabsorption and things like that I went down to 58 kilograms and I was really concerned because I was eating food but I wasn't even absorbing it and I went to my gastroenterologist or a gastroenterologist and they said yeah your BMI is still normal I think it was 18.5 and they said it's only a problem if you drop below 18 bearing in mind my healthy weight is probably 15 kilograms heavier than that and then I think one, uh, two years ago, I was at my heaviest weight. So when I healed my gut and everything, I still had ongoing thyroid issues. My metabolism was sluggish. I had PCOS and insulin resistance and the mold illness symptoms really kicked in. So my body was extremely inflamed. I was really puffy. So I gained the weight, but I just kept gaining weight and I just couldn't stop at that point. So I got up to 88 kilograms as my heaviest. And that's similar to my dad and my brother. So I was really self-conscious about that at the time. Um, Dress size-wise, I've been anywhere from like an 8 to 10 to a size 16 UK sizes. Um, And now I'm at, I weighed myself the other day, I'm at 74 kilograms. So like bang in the middle, healthy weight, Um, probably will still lose a few more kilograms. um, But around 70 is what's healthy for me. But in a year, that is a crazy difference.
So I thought I'd just give that update. Some people are asking about the whole mold detox I've done before and after testing. The mold is a pretty much past issue now, but I'm still dealing with some lingering mass cell activation symptoms because of how severe they were and for how long I'd been in that house. I'd been there since I was like four years old, three, four years old till 25. So a few, a few years. So to expect my health and my symptoms to completely resolve in, well, it's been a year, um, like in the next two weeks, it's just not realistic. So I respect the process. My mast cell symptoms have significantly improved. So I'm not as reactive to foods. I still need to be mindful around my menstrual cycle. So around ovulation before my period, I can be um, quite itchy. I can be prone to headaches unless I'm eating um, very like a lot lower histamine foods and cooking from scratch, keeping my stress levels low, not pushing it too hard with workouts. But from where I was, like having seizures, having migraines, scalp being on fire, cystic acne, um, terrible digestion, reflux, things have significantly improved. So I'm going to be doing some retesting soon, probably this week with, like I always do, like a health MLT, Dutch test, GI map stool test, potentially organic acid, blood work, checking my thyroid. Even though I'm feeling amazing, I do this now because I am putting, it's like an insurance policy with my health. I'm making sure that things stay optimal. And if I see the slightest imbalance, I'm on it straight away because the last thing I want to do is be back where I was. And I don't think I'll ever get there because I know now what to do and I know how to stay healthy. It's just the effort of fixing all of the imbalances in the first place, but to maintain, it's a much more easy, I say this, <laughs> a, a much more easy process. So I will potentially share more about my lab results like I did last time. I did a podcast episode and it's on YouTube as well, where I showed some of the results last year. I might do that again now, but let me know if that's something that you're interested in. Just send me a message on Instagram or an email but let's get into today's, into today's episode. So just a reminder, it's the 10 biggest mistakes that I personally made and which I didn't do over the past however many years. And there are also similar things that I see with clients as well. So the first one, it, these are in no order of priority or importance. They're all equally as important as each other. First one is focusing too much on my hormones or like one area of the body. And I started off when I qualified as a nutritionist specializing in PCOS because of my own experience. And I felt really passionate about it, but I wasn't really looking at the bigger picture. And for a while, I was just kind of doing what conventional doctors or practitioners do, or very basic practitioners, is just giving a herb or a supplement as a replacement for what a medication would do. So if someone had high estrogen levels, I would give them or recommend DIM to lower them. Or if they had high testosterone, I would be using things like salt palmetto, reishi mushroom um, to lower that. But then after a while, I found myself that that wasn't fixing the underlying imbalance. And I could get to a place where I had clear skin for a period of time and my cycle was on track. But as soon as I came off the supplements or if I strayed from my diet, the symptoms would come right back. So that isn't addressing the root cause of the problem. So that was really a kick up the bum for me. The fact that I wasn't really healthy. Um, I was managing symptoms, but there's a difference between managing and suppressing symptoms versus actually fixing and healing the root cause of the problem. 
And yes, testosterone or estrogen levels might be high and maybe causing or contributing to your acne or cycle issues. But why is that happening in the first place? It's always a cause, usually more than one issue as well. Is it toxin overload from your um, gut health? Like these infections like parasites and bacteria and yeast, they produce metabolites and waste products and toxins that overwhelm your liver. And then you may not be detoxifying or excreting those hormones well because your body prioritizes this toxic waste product and like acetyl aldehyde from yeast. Your body will prioritize that first and therefore the excess testosterone or estrogen that your body uses and has created, which is totally normal, just gets put on the back burner because it's not a life or death situation, unlike some of these infections may well be. Or is it that you're exposing your body to toxic chemicals, heavy metals that are causing this ongoing stress and inflammation, which is telling your body that it's unsafe to reproduce, which is the goal ultimately of the menstrual cycle on our period. Even if you don't want kids now or ever, every month, that's all your female body and brain is thinking of, reproduction. So if there's the smallest stressor or imbalance going on, your body might shut down the fertility centers and make you less fertile as a protective mechanism. So infertility or fertility challenges can be a sign that your body does, has something missing or there's some stressor, external or internal going on. And for clinical experience, the real root causes of symptoms, whether that's chronic fatigue, hair loss, infertility, acne, IBS, always include some sort of trauma, stress, emotional blockage, whether that is um, divorce or sexual shame or it could be being bullied when you were younger, having a parent who had health issues or health anxiety or losing a loved one earlier on in life. A lot of these traumas, especially if they're under the age of 12 when they happened, they can really alter your subconscious mind and your limbic system or your adrenal function so that the smallest stressor when you're in your adulthood is just setting your body off on this cascade of stress, cortisol, inflammation, and the negative side effects that can come with that. So whether it's just headaches or acne or chronic fatigue, I've personally seen that there's always some sort of emotional, energetic connection involved, but there's other things as well that play into it. The other real root causes of illness that I see are chronic infections, whether that's parasites, candida or yeast, Lyme, which is Borrelia or co-infections. And these that's still not a root cause. So why do we get them in the first place? And it's usually as a result of depletion. But once you have this infection, they can take over. And until you resolve that, you can feel really, um, really depleted and really sick, not taking care of yourself. Um, they can also be stemming from oral or dental imbalances. I think that's a common one that people overlook. So a holistic or biological dentist could help you figure that out. Environmental toxicity, whether that's metals, mold, glyphosate from non-organic produce, um, but then there's obviously the situations where someone with acne just has to cut out dairy and that fixes their lifelong cystic acne problem. So there's usually little things or someone who's extremely tired, they just start to get more sleep and rest more and stop exercising as much. That fixes the problem. But I'm talking about people whose symptoms are chronic and you're already doing the basic stuff. Then look at the these root causes. So emotional trauma, stress and energy issues that falls into like one category chronic infections, and then environmental toxicity. I've seen those to be real problems and most people have one, if not all of them. Second mistake is just band-aiding or managing symptoms. So I kind of just touched on that. 
but it's not very naturopathic or holistic at all when I come to think of it. And I was trained as a naturopathic nutritionist, which is different to just a regular nutritionist or dietitian who solely focus on the food. My training was more on the environmental and emotional and relationship sides of health as well, which I'm grateful for. But yeah, it's very allopathic or conventional way of looking at things. And if you have something like PMS or headaches, they would just be, and I did for a while, just recommend turmeric as a painkiller. Or if you have histamine or allergy problems like I did, just take quercetin and vitamin C to get by. But I spent so much money over the years on supplements that overall did help the symptoms and were worth it in my opinion because they would make a big difference in just allowing me to sleep well and not have such inflamed itchy skin but as soon as I stopped the symptoms would return whereas now the products that I use and the supplements that I use with clients are designed to actually fix the underlying imbalances for example I would use a binder with clients to help mop up toxins that are released and that are overwhelming the body from heavy metals or mycotoxins from mold or I would use antimicrobials to reduce the amount of bad bacteria and parasites in the gut. But even in these cases, you need to step further back again. And like in the first scenario, you want to limit the incoming or ongoing exposure to the chemicals and clean up the environment rather than just constantly dealing with the aftermath. It's kind of like trying to bail out the water from a sinking boat rather than stopping the leak in the first place. And then the second scenario with the gut infections, you'll need to use some sort of antimicrobial agent to reduce the, the infection that you have just to get feel better and start absorbing your food again and start having less inflammation in the body. But if, you're, if you still have a suppressed immune system from trauma and stress or mold exposure or any other issue going on, if your adrenals are absolutely tanked from years of stress, then the infection is likely to come back because your defenses are still low. So a lot of these things, you need to take a multi-step approach and do it in a certain order. So you want to strengthen the body first. You want to then address the infection and then prevent it from reoccurring as well. Not just doing what regular doctors do and kill something, but not actually understand or fix the underlying imbalances. Third mistake that I made was ignoring the energetic components of health. I used to think that it was mainly physical. I understood the relationship of stress and how people know that stress affects the health. But I also wanted to get to the place where, because I, I had a bit of health anxiety for a while, just with everything that was going on, um, which is it's normal to get that as well. But I thought that things were purely physical but I would also be stressed when I'd hear someone say that stress makes your acne worse or stress causes leaky gut. Me stressing about stress just made everything a million times worse as well. So um, I've tried to not dwell on that too much. And now I understand that stress is harmful in excess, but in small amounts. And when we change our mindset around it, stress actually allows us to grow and evolve and adapt as humans. There's actually a really good book by, I think it's by Kelly McGonigal or something like that called The Upside of Stress. If you search the title, you'll be able to find it. But now I am way more into the organ emulsion connection, trauma, because there's so many clients who come to me, they'll do all of the physical stuff that I tell them, they'll change their diet, they'll take a million things, they'll exercise well and take care of their body. But 
they I found that a lot of people only got so far and it wasn't until they looked at the limiting beliefs the traumas from childhood that that's when they got the real long-lasting results as well so I'd rather someone actually start there you can do both simultaneously and that would massively speed up the process but it's the most difficult work and that's why people don't do it or hold off doing it but to me it's actually one of the most important things and if you find yourself quote falling off the bandwagon or not being able to stick to a diet or not wanting to commit to something it could be that you have some mindset issues um, is it that you actually want to get well do you believe that you can get well is it that you don't feel worthy of being healthy is it that you got attention when you were younger because you were sick or like if you pretended that you were sick or you were sick that's when your mum or your parent would care for you more you have to look at little things like that because they could be holding you back from healing and some examples of the organ energy emotion connection that I was talking about would be something like the stomach so in Western medicine, or just scientifically, the stomach being the digestive issues, but in energy medicine and things like Reiki, it could also be named as the solar plexus. If you've ever seen the, the chakra or chakra chart, you can just Google an image, then there's these colorful wheels down the center of the body. The solar plexus or stomach in terms of emotional health can be linked to feelings of worry, feeling inauthentic, having lack of control, in your life and symptoms that can be linked to this as well include reflux, pain, gas, think just IBS symptoms, digestive ulcers or intestinal ulcers and just poor gut health in general. So something to consider and it works both ways. So when you have digestive issues, you're more likely to feel, like feel anxious, worried um, and feel like your life's spiraling out of control. But then if you're maybe moving around a lot, you don't have a a job or you are being your true self that can cause you to have some digestive pain and so work both ways there's another example like the reproductive system in western medicine and science would be the ovaries the pelvic area um, but in energy medicine in ayurvedic medicine in reiki all of those things that would be the chakra the sacral chakra symptoms or emotions associated would be not feeling connected to your femininity or your sexuality a lack of pleasure or creativity in your life and then symptoms you might be struggling with pcos type symptoms pms premenstrual syndrome ovarian cysts infertility period problems and low libido so again if you're someone who's very masculine in their way and um, for everyone that isn't a problem some people like 20% of women have more of a masculine core whereas the rest of women about 80% 90% have a feminine core um talk more about that in the in the um episode with Monica Yates again episode number 111 if you're wondering a little bit more about that or it could be that you've grown up in a household that shames periods or shames women then you're more likely to deal with some of those physical imbalances but then having PCOS or having period problems, it can make you feel um, a lack of pleasure, lack of creativity, um, or you're not going to want to feel like a sexual goddess. And you can investigate these yourself based on your symptoms. So if you resonate with any of those symptoms, there's a ton more. So just typing your symptoms and maybe energy connection or chakra systems and just have a look through. I think there's seven. But a lot of the time when it comes to trauma, you can't see your own shadows. If you're thinking, I don't have any trauma 
you need someone to identify them for you because everyone has trauma. There's a difference with, they're called little traumas or little T traumas, just um, not as severe as some of the big T traumas like rape, abuse, neglect. It could just be, again, that you'll, you've been moving around a lot as a child, you have a parent with depression or alcohol issues or a parent with um, thyroid or um, health, mental health issues. Um, it could be that you're bullied quite a lot. And there's a big difference between different therapies as well. With talk therapy, a lot of people go for years and it helps them to understand why they are and behave the way that they do. But sometimes the person can still be triggered and still has health imbalances as a result because they still have those emotions physically trapped within the body. The talk therapy alone won't release them. There's also just the purely physical therapies like Reiki, which help with the emotional side of releasing physical blockages and imbalances. But then you are addressing the psychological and the understanding of it. You just literally lie on a table, having someone else do and shift the energies and do the work for you. So I prefer and recommend somatic therapy, which is a combination of both. So understanding and um, using things like NLP or tapping to understand what, what's going on in the patterns but also release physically so that you're not constantly triggered. And I've worked with, I didn't think that I had any stresses or traumas. I had a perfect childhood pretty much, um, but actually going through health issues at quite a young age and losing friends and just going to doctors and not getting any answers, being told that there's nothing wrong with you. It's all in your head. Um, kind of being shunned from conventional medicine, that's a trauma within itself. And around the age that I started getting health issues is meant to be like the prime time for dating and going out with friends. So age 18 um, to like 23, 24, I'd just be at home with my parents the whole time. Um, I didn't date, I didn't have relationships. I had like one friend and I'd lost touch with a lot of them because they just didn't understand what was going on, honestly. So I don't blame them, but I worked with Monica Yates because I really resonated with some of the stuff that she spoke about on her Queen Alchemy program. And it helped me massively. So that's all about getting back in touch with your feminine energy because of having PCOS as well. That's a very obvious sign of feminine to masculine imbalances. You have elevated androgens, which are these male hormones. So there are physical things like insulin resistance that can drive that. But a lot of women have very masculine personalities. I tend to find a lot of women in my clients with type A personalities, business owners, like go-getters in the world or people working out really hard that have more of a like lower body fat mus mus muscular? muscular body, they can often have PCOS as well. So I had a lot of limiting beliefs around being a woman, like in business as well, just being a, like a Northern woman and earning money. And um, I didn't go to university or anything like that, but some people have shame around or just some limiting beliefs around that. I also had shame around expressing my sexual side, uh, which I think is important, partly from my upbringing, not because it was a religious household, but it was just something that was very secretive, not spoken about. I now understand that it's been passed down generationally from my mother's side. So can't really blame them, but now that I have addressed that, um, I actually started online dating at the beginning of the year. I've never had a boyfriend, never really been on dates or anything like that. So I am at the point now where I actually wanted to, because when you're sick and when you have health imbalances, the last thing you want to do is go on dates. Or if you have a face full of acne, you do not feel confident and comfortable 
sharing that with other people. So I've been online dating on, on the apps, which I was very against, but there's literally nowhere else that you're gonna meet people these days. Everyone is online and it's not like I'm gonna meet someone out and about because for one, I don't go to bars or clubs and um, gyms and things were closed. So there were no options. So I got over that little hurdle of quite in my ego that I didn't wanna be on apps, but it's not gonna happen like someone comes to the front door and whisks you off your feet, especially with COVID. People don't wanna be around strange people in public anymore. But I have been online dating since January and I have been dating my now boyfriend since February. So found someone really nice pretty quickly and that's going really well. And I can tell this relationship is actually helping me to relax more into my feminine because I can be a bit of a control freak and I never used to express emotions. Um, I think, again, having health issues, uh, I just was so focused on myself and my health. Um, but now it's, I think all relationships give you like a mirror into like your downsides or your weak points. But I actually like, um, like people doing things for me now. I can relax a little bit more and I am way more emotional than I, than I used to be, which I think is a good thing. I feel like my heart and sacral chakra have definitely been blocked in the past. Do you love coffee, but have been told it's bad and needs to be avoided if you're struggling with hormone imbalances like acne, PMS and period problems? Honestly, most coffee out there should be avoided because the majority are contaminated with things like mold and pesticides, which can drive inflammation and those feelings like anxiousness and jitteriness after drinking. But what if I told you there was a coffee option that tastes great, is organic and mold free, and also provides healing properties from reishi mushroom spores? Enter Organo King Coffee, my latest obsession. I didn't drink it for years because it would always wreck my sleep and leave me feeling like an anxious mess. But King Coffee does the exact opposite. Don't worry, it's not one of those fake coffee alternatives made from herbs. And if you've tried other mushroom coffee brands out there, I promise this one actually tastes good and is way better and provides so many more health benefits. If you haven't already heard of the benefits of reishi mushroom or Ganoderma, then let me give you a quick overview. It's known as the king of medicinal mushroom family due to its superpowers such as supporting healthy immune balance and being an adrenal adaptogen. This means if your immune system's overactive due to autoimmunity or suppressed because of things like chronic infections, and you're not really sure if your cortisol levels are high or low, the ratio can help to balance things out and it promotes homeostasis within the body. It's also antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal, anti-inflammatory, pretty much everything that we want from a product. Because of its potency, I'd recommend starting slowly if you're someone who's struggling with more complex chronic health issues or is sensitive. If you're thinking, why can't I just take a ratio mushroom supplement? Good question. Organo use a patented process to gently crack the inner and outer shell, offering 99% bioavailability of the reishi mushroom spores. I also explain this as being like the differences with probiotics, the regular lactobacillus, bifidobacterium options that we can all buy readily in health food shops have some benefit, but nowhere near as much as the spore-based probiotics that I use all the time with clients. Wanting to give Organo King Coffee a try for yourself? visit vivanaturalhealth.myorganogold.com. This will all be spelled out and linked in the episode show notes and also my bio link on Instagram. I really hope you love it as much as I do, but now let's get back to the show. 
Number four mistake is restricting too much. And this first started off for health purposes back at age 17, not necessarily um, weight loss too much. I did want to, I said tone up, which I hate that term. But when I was 17, I was never overweight as a teenager, but I just wanted to like tone up a little bit more. But I felt that just involved cardio and eating salads and things. So I was eating way too little for gym, the gym workouts and my hormones. I wasn't purposely restricting my food, but I was just not eating as much as I should be because I was just fueling off like salads and cereals and snack bars and things, 100 calorie packs of like crisps. But then I was restricted again later, a few years later because of my gut at that point. So I was extremely reactive, extremely sensitive from about age 19 after working in summer and the summer in America, getting food poisoning because of the bad quality food that I was eating for about seven weeks. And then potentially Lyme exposure Borrelia from a tick or mosquito. And then because of food sensitivities after. So I've been restricted many times for weight loss, for body image, for actual intolerances and sensitivities because I wasn't absorbing food. Um, and yeah, my food sensitivities got really bad where I was reacting to pretty much everything. Gluten, dairy, soy, grains, nightshades, salicylates, histamines, FODMAPs, oxalates. Felt like pretty much all I could eat was very fresh meat and only a few different types, not beef. Um, frozen salmon, extremely fresh frozen salmon, a select few vegetables and a couple of different fats like ghee and macadamia nuts which was very tough, but now I have such an appreciation and love for food. I, I've always been a foodie, but I really lost my, my spark, my appetite and my passion during that time. And you can see why. And although elimination diets and some food restrictions are necessary at certain points within a protocol, it's almost never the food that's the issue. And I'm talking about like real whole foods, not the processed junk foods and gluten and all of that. It's often the body and the immune system that's struggling and imbalanced because humans, if you think about it, should be pretty adaptive. And we've had to evolve throughout eating whatever we could at times. So my goal with clients now is to keep their diet as diverse and broad as possible because I know personally what it's like to be restrictive. Let me tell you, it's not fun. And the less food that you eat, the less diversity, the less nutrients that you're going to be exposed to, especially if you're trying to heal from something and your gut's messed up, you're probably not absorbing anything, everything anyway. So the more food that you restrict, you're going to run into nutrient deficiencies and that's going to make it a lot harder to heal. And from a social aspect, um, this made a huge, this was a huge stress of me for so many years in terms of anxiety around going to restaurants, going on holiday, loneliness, because I, for a few years, would literally take my own food to restaurants we go on a family holiday every year to Cornwall and have done since I was a child. My brother's actually getting married there. So it's like a special place that we go. He's getting married there in uh, next month. So July. Um, but I, we stay at the same hotel um, because we kind of knew the, the owners for about two years, every time, well, the, for the two times that we went at summer, I would take my little George Foreman grill, my blender, saucepan I actually went to the local supermarket and bought a saucepan there because the one that they had had a non-stick coating and I didn't want to be exposed to that so I bought a stainless steel 
really expensive saucepan while I was there. I used the steamer. And while my family went out to eat at restaurants, I would stay in the hotel and be in the kitchen on my own, cooking food, sitting on my own eating. Um, and yeah, I would just be in tears pretty much every night. And my mum would be in tears because she felt bad. Um, so yeah, either taking food in Tupperware to restaurants or just staying behind and not interacting and not accepting invitations to go out to restaurants. I really feel like that made my health worse, even though I was trying to do a good thing. And it was at that point because I was so reactive and I would get hives and terribly itchy skin and would break out and be bloated after pretty much anything. But I think the, I think actually going out to eat and just eating the healthiest option out there would have been better for my health than what I was doing. But I didn't know that at the time. I did fall into some sort of orthorexia tendencies. And anyone who's really struggling with this as well, who is feels like they're reacting to everything, I would really look into mold exposure as a driver of that, parasites, but also the online course DNRS, Dynamic Neural Retraining System, um, as the limbic system, when you've been through some sort of health issue or imbalance or exposure, the limbic system can get wired to be just extremely reactive to chemicals, foods, etc even if you've healed the physical imbalances that can linger afterwards so it's kind of like the mast cell reactivity that I'm, I'm dealing with but it's improving on its own and my current diet and food situation is way more diverse and broad than it used to be it's actually not as great as it has been in the past few years every week I used to drive an hour well 30 minutes either way to go to a near a nearby organic co-op for local food but now I just don't have the time and I honestly can't be bothered doing it. So I shop online on a card from the majority of my groceries, do the best that I can with organic whenever it's available, go to my local farm for meat. My diet is pretty much paleo still, um, but still a little bit restrictive with histamine. Um, but that should be improving over the next few months with the stuff that I'm doing. The next one ties into what I've just been talking about, but it would be isolating myself. And it was... A big mistake, not only at mealtimes, but I would also just day to day stay in researching pretty much all day. And I did have a part time job from when I left school to um, about two, three years ago when I, I left to do my nutrition business full time. But any free time that I had, I'd be on YouTube, I'd be on blogs, I'd be listening to podcasts. And it's great and somewhat beneficial to be interested in health and searching for answers. But trying to do it all alone, not asking for help, was actually holding me back. Energetically, it's very common. And I see this all the time with clients that they feel like they've done everything. They're not getting the results. They're doing great in terms of the diet. And they really know their stuff, sometimes more than conventional doctors on subjects like period problems and acne. But once they put down the money and invest and accept that they need support, that actually kickstarts and it starts the healing um, process. It speeds it up a lot. I found that. So actually agreeing to work with someone will allow your body to calm down and feel safer, feel supported um, because you're also investing in yourself and showing the universe that you're worth it and getting the answers. You're very serious about it. I, I see it make the biggest difference all the time. So if you're trying to just do things for free or the lowest, cheapest option, whether it's supplements or trying to just spend your days gathering 
information that you read online and trying to apply it to your own health. I know that you're trying to like save money, but you're actually going to spend a ton of money long-term and stress and anxiety trying to do it all alone. And I mean, if your car was broken down and you had issues with your dishwasher, you wouldn't just go on Google and fix it. You would take it to a professional. So do that with your health. But when I was really sick again, I would just try and get outside a little bit. Um, but I, I honestly wish I would have done more because the highlight of my week in my early 20s was going to the park for an hour with my mum and feeding the ducks, which I can laugh at now, but it was actually pretty sad. And I feel sorry for myself, honestly. And I did at the time, um, but I lost a lot of friends and I believe that some sort of community would have helped me heal a lot more. The, from what I know, Facebook groups and Instagram groups or communities weren't as big about five years ago. But I, if I was going through it now, I would definitely take advantage of those. Um, but you have to also be wary for some of the negative dances, the energy vampires on some of these or online forums, because you could find yourself feeling more confused and drained, listening to other people complain or share too much information. It's just like information overload. I know that faith and religion is key for a lot of people too. And this connection to a higher power has got them through tough times. And I'm not personally religious, but I do believe in a higher power, the laws of the universe and tools, self-help tools like this really help me. So resources like The Secret, Joe Dispenza, Jack, Frank Can Jack Canfield are great places to start. Next mistake was pushing my body too hard. It was the workouts initially. And then the detox protocols that I've been through, I've learned that less is more. And the body can heal itself. Sometimes you just need to let it do its thing. And it's inbuilt within us, in our DNA, to know what to do to heal. But we sometimes just get in the way and think that we know better. The human mind, the ego kicks in, and we just overlook these innate powers that we have. And this isn't to say not to do anything or take anything, but you probably need some sort of baseline support but you have to let things have time to work and take effect before switching things up too often. This can happen with acne and topical skincare. People are switching the cleansers and the serums every other week. And they're wondering why they're not, it's not working or they're using too many products so they don't actually know what's helping or making things worse. But when I moved about a year ago now, I booked off some time from work so that I could settle in and focus on my health because at that point I was still in a very masculine way of thinking. So I booked off two weeks and I was like, I'm going to detox as hard as I can and take advantage of every single moment of the day. But I was in a really bad place with brain fog as well. But I remember thinking I, I only have these two weeks uh, to detox hard. So I might as well make the most of it. So I would spend my entire day planning it around castor oils, coffee enemas, supplements, saunas, getting outside, body brushing, doing hot and cold showers, self-massage, and I push myself way too hard. And I, I know now it's stupid of me at the time, but I'm not going to detox years worth, decades worth of toxins and issues within two weeks. But I yeah, just wanted to get better. But a year on, I'm still dealing with the aftermath, but I'm in a way better place. And I really learned that going slow is fast. Going too fast can really slow you down. I have a video if anyone is interested in my detox days and my protocol that I did. It doesn't show the supplements in too much detail, and they were really the things that made me worse. 
then I have a YouTube video on from I think June or summer of 2020 so you can go back and look at those as well but I showed this on social media as it was happening basically I added in antifungals too quickly and my detox pathways mustn't have been open or I wasn't binding enough of the toxins that are released during the time so I one day added in antifungals felt fine the next day because I felt fine I doubled my dose of these pretty strong herbs and I think the first dose hadn't even kicked in yet and as soon as I took them my eyes were closing I felt really lightheaded and tired and sleepy so I knew something was going to happen but then I went to bed I started my period on that day as well the next morning um, felt off woke up really early then went back to sleep woke up at like 4am wide awake and then just went back to sleep for a few hours and then as I was making my breakfast smoothie like I always do I started to get lightheaded get cold and clammy and sweaty um, started to get a pounding headache and gut pain um, started being sick and having diarrhea uh, as I was walking to well as I was walking to the bathroom to be sick I got really dizzy one of my biggest detox symptoms and imbalances is like lightheadedness and POTS type symptoms um, because of the mast cells and the histamine that's released so I felt like I was going to faint so I, I leant forward to hold on to something but I grabbed my radiator and pulled it off the wall uh, fell back on my wooden floor hit my head and the shock of hitting my head just got me up straight away but I could have really hurt myself that day so now I am way more in my feminine I just give the body what it needs but also understand that there's time to sit back and allow what you're doing to take effect even with business there's a time for hustling I hate that word but you know what I mean there's a time in terms of seasons where things are growing, things are blooming, and then a time where things are a little bit more quiet. So I'm in a bit of a quiet or was in a bit of a quieter period with work, but I'm going to come back a lot more productive, a lot more inspired. So moving forward, I'm definitely going to keep this habit up. Next mistake is constantly looking for the magic miracle product, whether that's skincare, supplements, I've ended up with a graveyard of products over the years. I've tried just reading online and trying to treat myself, the mistake that I was mentioning earlier. I remember taking DIM for acne because I read on the websites it was a miracle cure, but it made my acne worse and almost stopped my period because it was not the right supplement for me. I tried using a strong vitamin C um, in my skincare routine years ago because I've read that it was good for collagen and acne marks and brightening the skin. Bear in mind I had full face of cystic acne, so it obviously wasn't gonna help, but it caused major burning and redness and flared up my rosacea for weeks afterwards. But let me tell you that there are no miracle supplements out there, despite what practitioners might be claiming, or um, you might think that people have all of the, the miracle products that are gonna fix everything it's not going to happen. Improvements are usually based on several factors, often the most boring, seemingly small behaviors that we can all do that are often free, like going to bed earlier, getting out in the sun first thing in the morning, eating protein at each meal. And even if someone did have great benefits from a product or supplement, the results may not be long lasting, like I was saying before, because most aren't addressing the actual root cause of the problems, especially if it's in a short period of time. They're often just band-aiding the solution or it might be a placebo effect which is an important point 
uh, meaning that they often see improvements with their symptoms because they, they think that something's going to help them. I mean, I don't think this is a bad thing and it could even contribute to some of the improvements my clients have. But as you can see, there's so many different factors and for everybody, a reaction is going to be different, even if two people have the exact same symptoms. Focusing too much on my health was another mistake that I wanted to share, particularly my language. And still, I have to catch myself now around my body and symptoms. And with food sensitivities, I would really have to be mindful of what I was saying, because if you start to tell yourself this food is bad or I can't have that or I'm sensitive or allergic to that food, unless it is a true allergy, then you probably will have that issue ongoing because you're telling your brain, the brain is extremely powerful and your words are important, your language is important. So I have to coach a lot of my clients on this as well because they've fallen into like the food fear trap, whether it is from digestive issues or skin issues or histamine reactions. You have to say words like, this food isn't working for me right now. Or I, instead of saying I can't have that, just say, I choose not to have that. Because it's like with kids, if you tell yourself you can't have something, you, you want it even more. And if you believe that the food is bad, that, I mean, there's no good or bad foods. And even with a list of anti-inflammatory versus pro-inflammatory foods, some of like the healthiest gut healing foods in the world, um, most nutrient-dense foods were my biggest triggers, like avocado, dark chocolate, all of these things actually made me sicker. So everyone is very different with that. And with my skin, because I had acne for so long, I used to say, even when my skin was clearing up, I have acne or I have acne prone skin. And now I just say, I have a spot. I have a couple of spots, which doesn't happen as often. And it will take repetition, but it's very important. And it, it, some of these patterns can be stuck in the brain. So you have to rewire them just with repetition or proving with evidence that the opposite is true and that you can heal and finding people who have healed and using them as inspiration. And I switched up what I was exposing my brain to as well, because I used to listen to tons of podcast episodes every day when I was sick, literally like five to 10 podcast episodes a day on average. I'd listen to them in double speed because of who I am as a person. And to fit all of those in, I would think I need to fit, listen in double speed. And then the rest of the time I was reading Instagram posts, blogs, watching YouTube, reading product reviews, research papers. And although I was learning interesting things, I would always end up feeling more overwhelmed and confused and stressed or would buy like five new products at a time and just self-experiment. So many things are like contra contradictory or contraindicated with the type of issues that I was dealing with. But I was actually trained to become a nutritionist at the time. So I did have some baseline knowledge, but there are so many people out there who have no education on nutrition or how the body works and responds to different combinations of products. And they could actually be making themselves sicker. And I think my health would have actually improved if I would have watched more comedy movies, read a fiction book from time to time, or trashy magazine once in a while, or listen to something fun, like a fun podcast. And these days, I don't listen to any health podcasts anymore, really. I'm kind of over it. With having my own podcast to record and manage, I 
currently love listening to a comedy like relationship dating one called You Up. So if anyone's out there listening to this, just say I'd love you to continue listening to my podcast. But I mean, other ones, um, then You Up is a great one. And it just helps me turn my mind off and focus on, not focus on myself so much, on my health. Especially when you're in the industry, I can just end up spending all day, every day talking about food and nutrition and detoxes, which is fun, but only to a certain point. And I've also asked some of my friends to limit how much we talk about health and nutrition, because although I love it, it's just overwhelming and sometimes a little boring to just spend so much time talking about periods, parasites and supplements. So yeah, don't focus too much on your health and get a hobby, look after a dog, focus on other people, volunteer. I understand if your energy is limited, then you might not be able to do some of those things. But yeah, just get yourself a hobby and try some of those other things to listen to instead. Another mistake is not doing things in the correct order. Initially, I started off the complete opposite way. So I started with the gut healing stage because I believed that I had leaky gut and I definitely did. So I heard that supplements like collagen and foods like fermented foods, sauerkraut, bone broth, probiotics and L-glutamine were the answers. Not knowing that I had major histamine and mast cell activation issues and therefore was causing the worst inflammation ever, um, making my gut more leaky ultimately. And I thought I was detoxing because my skin was getting worse. It was itchy, it was breaking out. I had migraines, I was bloated but it was actually that my body was severely reacting to everything. And it was such a waste of time because I did have leaky gut, but why was it leaking in the first place? It was because I had tons of infections, mainly SIBO, small intestine bacterial overgrowth, candida and yeast because of my mold exposure and my immune system being suppressed and parasites were the biggest. So you can throw all of the gut healing stuff at your body, but if you don't remove the cause, you're just wasting your time. You're just going to be chasing your tail and your gut will never heal so remove the cause clear the infections strengthen the body and then heal the gut it's one of the last things that you would do and it honestly heals itself once you remove the infections in the first place so i still use some of those those tools but nowhere near as much as they are marketed and even before clearing the gut infections, so I'm kind of doing it in a backwards order now, but I'm hoping you understand. So I started with gut healing first, but you actually, before that, need to remove the infections. But a step before removing the infections would be to make sure that your bowels are moving daily and that you're not constipated, that your drainage pathways are open. So these are your bowels, your liver and the gallbladder, making sure that there's no stagnation with your bile flow, which there definitely was in my case. And I tried to do so many gut protocols early on after learning about infections and I'd always get the worst detox reactions and infections either wouldn't clear or they would just come straight back. So <laughs> making sure that your drainage is open, but even before that, so yeah, again, hope you're sticking with me, but you want to calm the chronic inflammation that's going on because inflammation blocks detox in the first place. So you could try and improve your liver health and add some detox supporting herbs or coffee enemas and things. But actually, when you reduce inflammation, your detox will improve on its own. Your body knows how to detox, but there are things that can get in the way of that. So for me, eating excessive amounts of high histamine foods was causing a ton of inflammation. So once I reduced that, I was way less inflamed, way less puffy, and my body was able to detox better and naturally 
on its own, but this is, was just my situation. It's not an issue for um, all people. And I was also ongoingly exposed to toxic mold and a water damaged building. So that was something that needed to be addressed before I could really detox and really clear the infections, which has only been in the past year. Um, so you could, yeah, you could do extra steps like coffee enemas, phosphatidylcholine, tudka to give your liver gallbladder extra support, but you want to stop the ongoing and incoming toxicity in the first place. Also, if you're excessively stressed, you're not sleeping, you have major mineral depletions, these are also factors to address before you start to um, support detox and then clear infections because you're never going to heal if you're in chronic fight and flight mode constantly. Your adrenals won't be able to handle additional detox support or a gut protocol, especially if they're depleted in the key electrolytes, sodium and potassium, which I see very commonly with the her mineral testing that I do with clients. And you're not going to be able to detox, repair, heal, be, and be less stressed if you aren't prioritizing sleep and rest also. I did an Instagram post recently on the detox pyramid. So scroll back a little bit and look through that as a use, useful visual. But I just wanted to emphasize that you will always need to keep asking why and looking further back. Be like that annoying kid who keeps asking why, why, why something happened in the first place and address the body as a whole being rather than just narrowing in on one body system, one area. I can't emphasize enough the importance of opening up the detox pathways and strengthening the body as much as possible before doing any killing or detox protocol. Please learn from my, my mistakes. So I hope that helps. I think I've done nine. Um, I wish I would have done 10, but <laughs> too late now. I didn't, I didn't prep the other one. So hope this helps. I have been sharing pearls of wisdom along the way um, on Instagram as they came up on my healing journey, but hindsight really is 2020. I have always said, I believe that I go through everything that I do to help others do the same. I've been through almost every health issue, I think, imaginable at this moment in time, um, but it's, it's helped me become a better practitioner. I can relate with my clients now. So I'm like, okay, universe, that's enough. I, I learned my lesson. I'm on this path and I'm still passionate about helping others. But I don't want it to ever seem like I have it all figured out. So that's why I like to be honest and share things like this and share my lab results and keep updating you all because I, I think people believe that the healing journey is linear and it was anything but for me and for most people. So if I can help even just one of you listening from thinking that and making one or all of these mistakes, then I'm happy. So hope you enjoyed that. Please let me know if you have any um, recommendations for solo episodes moving forward there will be about one every month but i have tons of amazing guests lined up for the next few months i'm excited for the rest of the year with the podcast and thank you all so much ongoing for your support i really hope you enjoyed this episode if you did and you would love a free copy of my hormone friendly recipes guide please leave me a rating and review and i will email you a copy as a thank you gift all you need to do is screenshot your rating and review and send it to me at hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. This guide contains delicious gluten, dairy, grain and refined sugar-free recipes and all the meals contain specific hormone superfoods. Don't worry, there are no boring salad recipes included. Come and say hi over on Instagram at Viva Natural Health as I share a ton of free content every day and you can get to know more about me and how I stay hormonally healthy. 
If you haven't already, check out my website, vivanaturalhealth.co.uk, for my blog and many free guides which cover everything from clearing acne to gut health and hair loss. If you're ready to identify and address the root causes of your hormonal issues, whether that's acne, PMS, PCOS, hair loss or problematic periods, take that first step today and apply for an enrolment call on my website. We'll use this call to discuss the steps that you need to take in order to achieve hormonal harmony and how I could help you get there. See you back here next week for another episode.